Be Wealthy and Smart, episode 648. into a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets, boredom, or bosses on Be Wealthy and Smart. And now, here's your host, Linda P. Jones. Welcome to Be Wealthy and Smart. I'm Linda P. Jones, America's Wealth Mentor, empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom. On today's show, we're going to talk about four reasons why there will be a bull market in 2020. Now, recently, the market has been making new highs. In fact, it seems like every week and sometimes every day, there's a new high. That leaves a lot of people skeptical and some others very concerned, but not me. Last summer, when a lot of people were talking about recession, I did a podcast about why I didn't think there was going to be a recession. And certainly, we haven't seen one yet, and I don't foresee one coming in the near future either. I also did a podcast about why the popping of the real estate bubble was delayed because interest rates were declining. And I still feel that interest rates being so low and even wanting to trend lower is keeping the economy afloat. And to me, it's a good sign when people are very bearish out there saying they think the market's going to crash or having negative sentiment about the market. I've been through enough bubbles to know that when you're in a bubble, Nobody talks about the bubble crashing. They talk about the bubble going on forever and why it's going to keep going up. So by definition, I don't see the stock market in a bubble right now because so many people are talking about why they think it's not going to keep going up. Does that make sense? You have to be a contrarian and think sort of opposite. But I found this article on Market Watch and it was written by Mark Hackett. And it's his opinion that there are four reasons why the bull market and stocks will keep going in 2020. So we'll review what he has to say about it. A strong second half for the U.S. stocks have pushed the major equity indexes into record territory as 2019 comes to a close. Much of this rally was fueled by fundamental factors, including better than expected corporate earnings. Stocks also got a boost from the Federal Reserve, which pivoted to a more accommodative monetary policy with three quarter point cuts in 2019. So there he's mentioning lower interest rates and also better than expected corporate earnings. And if you have listened to this podcast for a while, you know that that's the reason why stocks go up because of more profitability, more earnings. That's what drives stock prices higher. So if you're having better than expected results, that should help drive the stock market higher. It goes on to say, even as the S&P 500 performed well, investors were for the most part skeptical about the opportunities for investment returns. As an example, money flowed out of U.S. equity funds for much of 2019, while inflows to U.S. bond funds surged. This doesn't historically happen in the home stretch of a bull market run. So what he's saying is that money was not flowing into stocks, businesses, companies. It was flowing into bonds, which is where people go when they're risk averse. They'll go into a fixed lower interest rate. Right now, bonds are paying somewhere around 1% to 2%. So they're obviously taking risk off the table and going into a safer bet. But usually when people are doing that, it's at exactly the wrong time. 
So it's actually a bullish sign or a sign that the stock market will continue to go up since there was fear in the market and people were moving away from the stock market. As I said earlier, a bubble is when everybody can agree why this market would continue to go upward. So if a lot of people aren't agreeing with that, that means we're not in a bubble. And that means that there's still a lot of nervousness and fear And fear is what is required for a market to go higher. The saying is that markets climb a wall of worry. And that means if you're not scared, it's typically the end of the market when you're feeling overconfident and that it's going to go on forever and you're throwing money into the market. That's the time to be worried, not the time when people are scared and are pulling money out of the market I know it sounds a little bit crazy, but I've been doing this for so long that I can see the signs when people are doing one thing or the other. And to me, this is a positive sign that people got scared and went into bonds. He goes on to say, however, there are signs this pessimistic funk is lifting. If so, it couldn't come at a better time. We believe the bull market for U.S. stocks has more room to run and should continue to push the benchmark indexes higher in the near term. Here's why we're optimistic on stocks in the next few months. Number one, the U.S. economy remains strong. The pace of the economic expansion may have slowed in recent quarters, but GDP growth is still positive. Recession fears have largely waned as the Fed cut rates and the yield curve returned to a positive slope. All right, I want to pause there. So GDP growth is gross domestic product. That is the rate at which our economy is growing here in the US and it has been positive. That's something we track in the VIP experience every month and we follow it to make sure that it's moving in the right direction. He also talked about the Fed cutting interest rates and the yield curve returning to a positive slope. So remember we talked on prior podcasts about one of the reasons why people were predicting a recession last summer was the inverted yield curve. And that means that rates at the long end or the longer term were lower than rates in the short term. Usually if you're investing for a longer period of time, you want a higher interest rate. But when the yield curve inverts, you're getting paid more interest for investing in a short-term bond than you are for getting for investing in a long-term bond. Well, that inverted yield curve worked its way out and it's back to a normal slope, basically a 45 degree angle sloping upward to the right. The article goes on to say, we're also approaching the all important holiday shopping season at a time when labor markets are tight and wages are rising. In particular, lower wage workers have seen the majority of lift from recent wage gains. Their wages increased 5% from the same month last year, according to the October 2019 employment report. That's good news for consumer spending, which continues to drive the U.S. economic engine. Absolutely. The consumer is 60%, and according to Jamie Dimon, CEO of J.P. Morgan, he says it's 70% of the economy is how much the consumer spends. So definitely the consumer is the all-important factor in the economy. When the consumer is positive and they're spending, the economy is going to do well. If the consumer is worried they're going to lose their job or they don't have enough money to spend or they're in too much debt, then they're not going to spend as much and that's not going to filter through the economy. So right now we're seeing the consumer continue to spend very strong and be positive in terms of confidence, which bodes well for this holiday season. 
All right, his second reason that he predicts the market will do well next year are green shoots appear in the global economy. Weakness in many large global markets weighed on investor expectations earlier in 2019, but there are emerging signs the slowdown may be at an ebb. Strength in the U.S. dollar helped drive demand from foreign markets and made international companies more competitive. So the green shoots are like, you know, when you plant a seed and then you start to see little green shoots coming up. So that's what he's talking about is that there are signs that any slowdown is behind us. He goes on to say, aggressive monetary policy easing by global central banks is also helping to spur growth in many international markets. It may be early to say the global economy averted a slowdown, but the appearance of green shoots is encouraging. All right, so I would disagree with him here because Germany just entered into a recession and we have certainly slowdown in China that is dramatic, Chinese banks going under, uh, China's growth slowing dramatically. Of course, nobody really knows the growth rate in China because they don't really report that accurately. So it's hard for us to always gauge that. But we can see that China has significantly slowed. And there are other countries around the world that have seen their economies slow down. So while the U.S. remains a very strong market and tends to have positive GDP growth, a good solid consumer confidence and consumer spending rate and low interest rates, not every country is feeling this boom. Number three, company earnings are poised to surprise. Double-digit earnings growth was common a few quarters ago, but expectations for future earnings moderated on geopolitical concerns and blowback from the trade war. The current outlook calls for corporate earnings to grow just shy of a double-digit pace in future quarters. But these expectations may have softened a bit too much. With fears of a global slowdown lessening and the U.S. dollar peaking, there's potential for an upside surprise for earnings growth. To that point, management conference calls on third quarter earnings have been broadly more optimistic than in previous quarters. If earnings surprises do occur, U.S. stocks may enjoy a substantial lift. Well, there you go again. Corporate earnings are the big deal that lifts the stock market. And if corporations are earning more, that will drive the market higher. And finally, number four. There's genuine progress on trade talks. Uncertainty surrounding trade discussions between the Trump administration and the major U.S. trade partners has dragged on company performance. But recent news reports related to trade have given firm managers and market participants reasons for optimism. Particularly in negotiations between the U.S. and China, it finally appears the two countries are closer to resolving some major trade issues. Any progress would be welcome, not only for the lower tariffs that would likely follow, but also for the clarity it would give to the market on the potential for a broader agreement between the two largest global markets. Just a few years ago, when investor optimism was built on trade, stock rallies were robust but fleeting. Now that trade is part of a broader mosaic of economic growth, stock gains should be more sustainable, which would be an encouraging development. And then it goes on to say where to look for opportunities. From our vantage point, it remains full steam ahead for the U.S. economy, so we are generally optimistic about the prospects for equity returns in the coming months. We are definitely in the later stages of the current expansion, but there's enough strength in the economy to keep the current growth cycle running and the next recession at bay, at least for the time being. 
In the maturation phase of the economic cycle, quality companies typically perform well relative to the overall market. These companies have multiple ways to generate returns, whether it's through margin expansion, acquisitions, buybacks, or dividend growth. Look for companies with a strong balance sheet and healthy cash flow generation, particularly in technology, industrials, and consumer discretionary. Firms tend to find earnings growth harder to achieve as the expansion wears on. These companies typically do well over a full economic cycle, expansion and recession, because they often have multiple levers to pull to sustain growth and enough strength in their balance sheets to stay resilient. Historically, these quality companies have outperformed the broad U.S. stock market over the duration of an economic cycle with less exposure to risk. Stocks of these firms are poised to offer better opportunities for investment returns going forward. And it says Mark Hackett is a chief of investment research at Nationwide. Well, I agree with everything he said here, and he even talked a bit about economic cycles, which I liked. And I would throw in one more cycle, which is the presidential election cycle. The presidential election cycle is a four-year cycle that coincides with any president that holds U.S. office. And it says that in the third year that the president is in office, that will be the best return of the stock market. Well, 2019 happens to be that third year for this administration, and it's holding well so far, with the S&P up about 26%. The presidential election cycle says that the fourth year of the president's term is usually the second best performing year. That means 2020, being the fourth year of this administration, would be the second best performing year of the four years. So while the presidential election cycle isn't perfect, it does give us a bit of a roadmap because usually when there's an election, presidents, no matter Republican or Democrat, it doesn't matter. They want the economy to be humming along so that they get reelected. So this presidential election cycle has held up pretty well, just as a rule of thumb. So I would add that in as another reason I'm bullish for next year. I think that a lot of money is going to find its way into the stock market, particularly money from overseas. For example, in a country like Germany, where their country is falling into recession right now, they may look around the map and say, where else can we invest in some growth? And the United States could look like it has a lot of very exciting opportunities for additional growth. Remember, in those European countries, they have negative interest rates. They actually have to pay to own bonds or pay to be in a savings account in a bank. That's not a good situation. So they're going to find a happier place for their money, a place where they can actually earn something on their money. And I think the United States stock market, the S&P 500, the NASDAQ, they're going to look very attractive to foreign countries, to people in the U.S., and to people who are selling real estate, downsizing into something less expensive and selling at these high prices. So my forecast for 2020, I did provide to the VIP Experience members just a few weeks ago on our webinar. And I was very bullish for 2020. And between this article and what I've told you, we have a lot to look forward to for next year. And since today is Black Friday and you may be shopping this weekend, I wanted to give you a special offer to join the VIP experience. To find out all the details about the VIP experience, just go to my website, lindapjones.com forward slash programs, and you'll find everything that's included. You can save 50% off of the regular price 
by using the code SAVE50. That's capital S, capital A, capital V, capital E, 50 as a promo code. And I would love to have you in our investing group. I hope to see you there. And last time I announced we have another referral contest going. That is, you can win 10 of my Wealthy Mindset Blueprint audio sets valued at $197, five of my You're Already a Wealtherist books, personalized by me, and five one-on-one wealth mentoring sessions with me. All you need to do is leave a review on iTunes, or if you have an Android, Stitcher, S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R.com, leave a review there. Your name will go in the drawing one time. And if you've read the Wealtherist book and leave a review on Amazon, your name will go in the drawing two times. And winners will be announced in early January. That's all for today. Until next time, live the good life and be wealthy and smart. Thank you for listening to Be Wealthy and Smart with Linda P. Jones. Share the wealth and tell your family and friends about the show. Check out our website, blog, and social media for more riches at www.bewealthyandsmart.com.